0: Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back everybody to Modern Business Podcast. Thank you guys again for, for joining us for another awesome episode. Um, we are going to really be diving in today into an industry that I've been you know, pretty interested in uh, this year. I think that it's one that has really had to change the way that they do business quite a bit, um, yet really were able to take things virtual, which I think is, you know, Unfortunately, not something that many were able to do, and I think that the reason for that is there's a lot of flexibility um, in the children's services space, which is what we're going to be uh, covering today with the really awesome brand. Uh, diving in a little bit further here, um, we are going to be introducing our next guest in just a moment, but I do want to just go over some things first before we dive into that. Uh, the first thing, uh, of course, as always, is a please uh, go ahead and text Ryan and I through our text club at Boxy. Uh, Ryan and has talked about it on many of the podcasts before, but it is a really great way for folks to be able to, you know, I guess recommend some guests that they're looking for us to bring on, or some questions that they want us to answer. Uh, or ask, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, So please go ahead and shout us out there. Uh, And then additionally, uh, please subscribe to Modern Business uh, without the E is how we spell it because we like to be uh, new and innovative and different and young, I suppose. Uh, So it's a Modern Business without the E anywhere you listen to podcasts uh, if you'd like to listen to some more episodes just like the one we're about to do today. Uh, So uh, I wanted to... uh, First, uh, by first by way of introduction, uh, introduce my next guest here. We have uh, Sharon Astrov, the founder and CEO of Challenge Island Animal Dust, and I'm really excited to introduce her and talk uh, to you guys a bit about the brand with her. Uh, Sharon,
1: thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm 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 excited to hear a little bit more about the brand. I know some about it, but not as much as I think I would uh, I would like. So, uh, why don't we start with the founding story and just uh, have you kind of talk about how you got into the space and. Why you decided to franchise?
1: Right, sure. So, um, Challenge Island is basically my fifth child. I have four kids, and um, when the fourth was born, actually, because Challenge Island is exactly as old as she is, so that's how I can always keep up with how old Challenge Island is. Um, I I was teaching. I had I had I was a teacher. I taught actually in my children's school. Um, but, but after the fourth came along, I decided, you know, I, I couldn't do it all. I couldn't be on all day for my students and then be on at home for my kids. And and unfortunately it was my own kids that I felt were getting the short end of the stick. So I decided I needed to do something else, but, um, being a a teacher and an educator and coming from a family of educators, I, I didn't know what else I could do. I, I, you know, have... Education in my genes and um, trying to figure out an alternate business w- was challenging. Um, but then I was in, at the time, um, watching, really late, I had a newborn baby, and I was watching, I was T-bowing, it makes me really old, t episodes of my favorite reality TV show at the time. And um, I had this sort of epiphany that, oh my gosh, this is what I can do. I I was watching this favorite reality TV show and this idea of tribes and challenges and a treasure chest full of, um, you know, sort of random, but maybe not so random materials. I thought, you know what, this could be something that the kids would really love. So, um, I, I took challenge island, this, this idea. And, um, my school was gracious enough to let me pilot it there, the school I had been teaching in. And before I knew it, Challenge Island was huge. It was all over Atlanta. I had quintupled my teaching salary and I had time for my family and, um, you know, for myself. So it seemed like this wonderful, um, it had just worked and I was so happy. And then um, along came a company that had another franchise and um and said hey we would love to start franchising challenge island which i did um fast forward a few years after that i ended up buying back challenge island from that company um and it was home again and 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 when i did when i got it back it probably had about 25 franchises at that point um this was the very beginning of 2016 mm-hmm. and I just started growing it and doing exactly what I knew always had to happen, Um, and and we started to just explode. And, you know, fast forward to 2020, we have 107 locations. We are the number one stem theme franchise in the world, Um, 198 on Entrepreneur's Top Global Franchises list, and of course, Franchise 500, um, past three years, et cetera. So we've been really excited to see the growth and the continued growth um, and you know at this point we we've probably touched the lives of of a million children which is something I certainly could never have done if I kept this just in Atlanta you know with Absolutely. me running it on my own
0: Absolutely yeah. and that's why I love this space so much is that it is um so impactful for a lot of the people um you know that that are that are younger mm-hmm. in, in America that kind of need that you know, that, that kind of need that extra after school, you know, stimulation from an intellectual standpoint. And I think that you certainly were able to help so many people around the country, which is really fantastic. And, yeah. and it really has made the industry grow um quite a bit um since I'm sure when you started it. Um it really has oh, exploded yeah. quite a bit. And so talk to me a bit about how you guys are kind of differentiating from others in the STEM space, because it really is um, you know, quite robust now relative to what it once was. Yeah, so talk yeah. to me a bit about.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, um, and one of my favorites actually. So um, when I started Challenge Island 18 years ago, STEM was still Smet. They had yet to rearrange the, the letters to make a, a more appealing acronym. When they decided, okay, <laughs> let's let's make it STEM instead of Smet, you know, people were like, oh, this sounds cool. So <laughs> STEM wasn't even really a thing yet, you know, and Challenge Island has always been STEM. Um, and it's always been steam, and it's always been so much more. So really, challenge island is just what I have always believed as both a mom and a teacher that this is what children need. And um, and and the, the the secret. So in the beginning, we were we were probably more STEM focused because we were the only ones doing it, and it was still not STEM yet. But then, you know, we became steam, and and steam got got. Uh, bigger and bigger and bigger. But the thing about Challenge Island is that a couple of things. First of all, um, it's it's completely cross-curricular. So in other words, where you might think, okay, STEM is like robotics and Legos and coding, and that's really what you're seeing and franchising in this space. You know, a lot of sort of that type of thing. Um, Challenge Island does not use any electrical or digital component. Everything is powered by children's imaginations. Um, we use everyday household items so and and that comes from both a business model it allows you to scale big 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 because when um, for me anyway and for most of my franchisees all of the after school classes are going to happen from from 230 to 3:30 or similar. So if you have to have, every child needs a computer, every child needs a set of a Lego set or something expensive, a robotics kit, you are then capped by only as many kits or computers as you have. And and it's unreasonable to think you could serve a thousand kids at once. But
0: mm-hmm. with
1: Challenge Island, you can. Um, there is no, you know, there there is no cap in how many kids you can serve at once. And because Challenge Island is very, um academically based we are also part of the school day Uh, we do tons of in-school field trips which right now is huge because um nobody can leave the school you know they want the in-school field trips but um we're, we're routinely doing hundreds of kids simultaneously, sometimes in different classrooms, especially with distancing now. So that's a big differentiator for Challenge Island. Um, it was also something I truly believed. I, I published a book, I'm also a writer. I do a lot of work for national mm-hmm. magazines, um, Scholastic Parent and Child, parents, good housekeeping, things like that. But I also published a book for Random House and it's called, Can I Have a Cell Phone for Hanukkah? And it's a parenting Susan. book um, about sort of parenting children in the digital age and, and the the vast importance of getting them off that technology um, just for a little while so that they can reclaim some of, of sort of that childhood that has been the childhood, um, you know, that people have experienced basically until the past 10 years. You know, cave kids were drawing on cave walls and making cave dolls. Um, sure, but sure. today, you know, progress is out of business and the kids are just on their computers or their iPad or so. Um, we're reclaiming some of that the ability to connect with other children and, um, look at them face to face, read a facial expression instead of an emoji, you know, work things out together. But the other thing that's really important to the differentiation is the fact that we are cross-curricular. So every single um, Challenge Island, let's say, course semester takes place on a different island. Just how my favorite reality TV show, every season was on like a different island. So every semester is a brand new island with all new challenges. And those islands are cross-curricular. So whether it's Mythology Island, where we read a Greek myth, you know, we're bringing it into the English language arts, um, like, say we read the myth of Poseidon, which of course I've rewritten because if you haven't read them lately, Greek myths are extremely inappropriate for children. Yes. But yes. Not great. We've rewritten, <laughs> them. And, um, and so, um, you know, so, so the myth being Poseidon and how he was the, the Greek God of water and, and the storms and then their challenge is that they need to design this boat that can withstand the fury of Poseidon. And, um. And, and you know we tested, it so yes it's, it it it's, um, there are engineering and, and of course there's stem but there is also so much more there's world culture there's, there's literature there's history um, and a million other things and and I think like the cherry on top of it all is the fact that my same um, book agent in, in New York who had sold my other parenting book and and I've worked on other things with she was able to sell just recently the challenge island book series which it actually went to auction there was a bidding war it was amazing mm-hmm. like i love that um and and it's going to uh, it went to auction and the challenge island book series is coming out early in 2021 we are about to get the final cover art and the great thing for the franchise is the fact that we had it written into the contract that the franchisees can sell those books. They can get them at cost from the publishers. They can sell them and, and, and then make money on that. Um, and because having like a school-wide book club is, is something that is really popular in schools all over the country. I mean, just imagine if you're a franchisee and, and each of your schools is able to, all of the parents are going to get the book and you're going to be able to sell that in addition to doing an activity with them. So, um, you know, we we really, yeah, we're in the STEAM space, and we can really be in whatever space that we need to be. And um, that is the key, the ticket to survival. Myself running a business in Atlanta, thriving business in Atlanta, Challenge Island, you must be differentiated from the Lego programs, from the coding programs, most of the time, at least in my schools, it's going to be like the third grade teacher who's doing their own Lego club or, you know, the fourth grade teacher is doing a coding club. So there's, there's just not even, um, a space for it. So when we come in, we very much differentiate ourselves.
0: Yeah. Without question. And I that's think really that
1: important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, uh, you know, we, we, we sometimes have answers where, you know, there's, there's a, there's a couple of points, but. That certainly, you certainly have many. And I think that your space has <laughs> yeah. become very competitive yeah. over the past couple of years. I think it is really important to find it's, ways to get above get above the noise yeah. a little bit. I think you guys certainly you know, have
1: done that. Um, and, and it truly is a competitive both on the franchise level, but also on the, on, on the local level. Um, And and so it's really important, I would say, when people are looking for franchises, that they're going to find something that truly is going to stand out from all of that competition. Because not only do you have other franchises around, but you're also going to have, like I said, the the teachers around who are running their own clubs, et cetera. Um, And it's also really important to be able to be an academic program, um, and and that's you know, really key also, something that the schools need as part of their school day, just not just as extra after school.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That totally makes sense. So, so talk to me a bit about how you've seen the the industry change a bit as it relates to COVID. And, you know, because I think that yes. the answer is obviously in a lot of ways, of course. Um, but I think that, you know, specifically what you've seen and then what you guys and why really you feel that the space is still worth Investing in as you know as a potential franchisee, despite what's going on yeah. in the world at, at the current moment.
1: Right. Well, kids are not going anywhere.
0: That's um, true, much
1: to their parents' dismay. Yes, exactly. That's also really true. They're Not going anywhere. Um, so so you know there's a few things. First of all, speaking for Challenge Island, our icon is the palm tree. So so the thing about the palm tree is that it is resilient. Um, when, when the big hurricanes come through, what's still standing, you know, it's the palm tree. It's not that rigid oak tree, which is like turned over on its side or all the pine trees that are toppled, um, because they're rigid, but the palm, palm tree is flexible and it's rooted, it's strongly rooted in what, um, what it is. So that's what the flexibility we, I, I picked the palm tree because, um, it's island but also because it really represents what we want to build in a challenge island child. We want them to be resilient and tough and be able to take on challenges and not crumble and not, you know, be like snowflakes, like they call them, um, mm-hmm. but also that they're flexible in their thinking, you know, that they can, and, and there's been all kinds of research about the, the just importance of the ability to be creative and flexible in your thinking in long-term success. So that is, you know, something we've always built in the children. But when, when COVID came along um, and, and Challenge Island has continued to grow throughout COVID, we've opened 10 new franchises since COVID began, um, which is pretty amazing. But what we did was we brought together the franchise and we said, look, guys, you need to just channel that inner palm tree. Just dig deep inside yourself and get ready because this storm is going to be a big one you know and um and so we immediately brought out our flexibility and the first thing that we did was we launched home island which at the time the schools um closed down on friday the 13th march 13th Hmm. and by that monday we had launched home island now there were twofold for for this one is the fact that all of my franchisees were in the middle of their spring classes, including me. And the idea of, of on top of everything, of course, we didn't know that, that, that this was going to still be going on in November at the time. If anyone had told us, we probably no, we would did have not. Been, like melted. But, um, but at the time, you know, the idea of having to reimburse all of these parents that we have eight more weeks of classes left, um, was just going to crush the franchisees. And so what we did, and and, the, and again, I'm going back to the fact that we don't use any specialized robotics or Legos or, or, or coding. And because of that, they could just engineer with whatever they had around the house. So we would give that, um, we gave everyone, you know, a treasure hunt. The kids, we'd send it to the parents in advance of, of the virtual class and they would go around and the kids were just amazing. They were Engineering catapults out of Lysol white containers and rubber gloves. I mean, you would not believe how far a rubber glove can shoot a marshmallow. You just wouldn't believe it. <laughs> but, um, but so we were able to make that shift. And at first, my franchisees, many of them, of course, they were like, what's Zoom? They didn't, you know, nobody was ready. So the first thing that we did, and I think this is something really important to look in franchises as well, is that we ran, I, being myself and, 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 you know, my, my team members, the corporate staff, we ran those classes for the franchisees. They, so that they didn't have to give back the money. Sometimes I would have 150, I think one time I had 180 kids in one of my online classes. But also what I realized while we're doing this, um, is that this meant so much to these children. Like, I have never seen a kid so excited to be, um, you know, sitting in a class. Of course, they're always excited as Challenge Island, but not this excited. Like, And and they were in their pajamas, and, and you could just tell, like, the relief. And they were connecting with other kids. Like, at one point, we just turned on all the, you know, we let everyone look at everyone. And the idea that they were sharing with Brett with, you know, they were sharing their catapult with a kid in California, and this kid is in Florida, and this kid's in New Orleans, and this kid's in Texas. And it was truly magical. You know, to the point where like I was getting pretty choked up. And so was everyone else, like every adult on the call. Um, and and so we started getting a lot of attention for that. We were named by Business Insider as the number three virtual online class program. In the country um which was saying a lot because everybody was trying to go virtual
0: so mm-hmm. but
1: they felt that what we were doing was meeting the needs of, of these kids at this moment so yes yeah, so we we did home island and we continue to do home island um my franchisees are, are so just we have a very fr- family um environment i guess you would call it we call it our owner's tribe and so everyone organized and and so we have this one who loves to do Girl Scout events and and when when people would get someone who wanted a virtual Girl Scout class they're going to send it to Renee in Michigan because Renee is a star at Girl Scouts and everyone they figured it out you know how they're going to work it and they're going to give her a portion and they're going to keep a portion um, and, and, and then everyone was like, we, we made a list of, uh, where everyone would, would write, okay, hey, everyone, I'm doing, you know, this course at this time. If you want to advertise it, feel free to send your child, your students. So it was this incredible, beautiful thing. And because of that, our franchisees are here. They're still here. They're still um, excited and, you know, moving forward. We then pivoted when, when um, people started to get out. But yet, we weren't yet and still we're not really allowed in the after school yet. We then pivoted to what we call our social bubble scheme, which um, we're doing in small groups, clubhouses, garages, backyards. Um, and and they're, they're sort of groups that are of siblings that are brought together and things like that. So we've been doing that. We've also, you know, been, we have other pivots. We opened some pop-up um, storefronts. They're called our Imagination Lab. And we're popping up in neighborhoods near you. So uh, we're temporary until we can get back into schools, but we're there.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that they're, yeah. you know, everybody had to really completely change the way that they were doing things. And it seems as if you guys have, you know, a laundry list of things that you were able to, Know to pivot towards if we're going to use that word. I suppose it's almost like using a swear word these days because you hear it so much. But yeah. I think that you know, o- overall, it seems as if that Home Island really was a great success in it. It was able to keep your franchisees engaged with the children, and then it allowed children to be engaging with each other, which I think is also quite important too. And you know, I think that yeah. you know what I'm what what I'm curious about um, above above anything, you know, is you know because I think that this is one thing that people in franchising always say, and it's one of the first things that I learned when I was younger as it relates to franchising was, and it was kind of a paradox to me in my head was that franchising is good when the economy is bad, which is kind of strange to think about, but it is um, kind of the case in terms of how it always ends up. And so I am kind of curious, you know, from, from a franchise sales standpoint, you know, what have you guys seen um, as it relates to, you know, what's gone on this year in 2020 and, has it directly affected anything that you guys have done? And has there been anything that you guys have changed in terms of your messaging um, just to kind of not necessarily take advantage of the moment, but more kind of um, ensuring that the people that were potentially displaced by COVID-19 or whatever it may be from teachers yeah. um, were able to kind of channel their passion into something else that's, you know, kind of parallel to what they've been doing before.
1: Yeah, exactly. And teachers are the ones... You know, definitely to get in touch with because they're not happy at all right now. Um, and our latest sale was is actually a teacher, um, and this is going to make me really, really sound old. Um, but she <laughs> was in my very first class. It's one of my former fourth grade students, right after I got out of graduate school. And oh, I um, love that she's a gifted teacher. It's it's an amazing story. Um, and she's a gifted teacher actually at the first school that I taught at right after um, I got out of school. So, and, and she, because we've been in the, we've been very newsworthy because between the virtual home Island and also between our social bubble, you know, steam programming, we've been in the news a lot lately. And she, there was an article in the Atlanta journal constitution um, about our social bubble that we've been doing. And her pediatrician's office shared it on Facebook and I got a Facebook message and she said, oh my gosh, Mrs. Estrop, why didn't I know what you were doing? Um, and 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 the rest went from there and, and we're just so excited. She just closed last week um, on her franchise and she said, wow, teachers all over are going to want to do this. Um, but we have also brought in during this time. Um, uh, people in business who were formerly in business with, with sort of intense, just high powered business jobs who, when, when all of this happened, you know, I think that what it did was it gave people a sense of, you know what, you can't count on anything. You think that you've got it all figured out, but, but you don't. And, um, and as long as we don't have it all figured out, why don't we just do something that we've always, always wanted to do? So we're getting sort of that really great business person who also is that really passionate business person. Um, and and that's made up about, I'm going to say, three quarters of our COVID sales, of our COVID-10 so far. Um are you know coming from another area of business and all of this just kind of got them it gave them the courage you know it's not the necessity I mean yes it might have been from being furloughed but it was also just from the entire like you know what you think you have it all figured out you don't have it all figured out this is the time to do it and and so they did um as far as you know, how have we made them comfortable to be able to take that job? So first of all, we have expanded, um, extended our time. We have, as every franchise has minimum um, performance requirements. Mm -hmm. We have extended any any type of performance requirement for a a year. So there's nothing, you know, they come in and, and they don't have to worry like, Thank goodness with the vaccine, by the time a year gets there, we're going to be, you know, back where we were. And, and also, I think, you know, of course, it's all about the validation, especially now. I mean, I could, I could talk blue in the face about how rosy things are, but when, when you start calling around, then you might hear a different story. But our franchisees are not, I mean, our prospects, are not hearing a different story. They're hearing a story like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, we have had to turn our head around, which is really hard when you spent um, the past three years building a business that works on a certain model. You mm-hmm. know, I think in some ways, it's the newer franchisees who are having an easier time with it. Even though the, the older franchisees were more established um, and, and have like a ready-made customer base, they also know what it was like before COVID. So they have to just like put that aside and 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 just keep moving forward. Um, but but the, the newer franchisees, you know, I, I said to them it's kind of like if somebody is like beating beating you on the head with a hammer, after a while you don't even feel it anymore. But when they stop, you're like, wow, I feel great. I said it's gonna be like that. When things finally go back, you're gonna be like, wow. This was, I mean, if I could do it with the hammer being beat on my head, what can I do now without the hammer? So, um, you know, we 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 just have been very open, and and also we've come out with a lot of new initiatives, like um, for Halloween when they when CDC shut down Halloween. Um, we came out with hollow steam, which was a a, a (laughs) really profitable. It it was, it was great, you know, doing it again in that safe social bubble. And um, our franchisees made money in October, you know, almost, almost where they had been pre pandemic because they had this amazing product that they could go out with. And um, we're doing thanks steaming right now. It's our Thanksgiving initiative um, and and of course we'll have we'll have something for the holidays as well. But I think it's a matter of just continuing to um, you know give them new things. That when the old stuff is it is not as relevant at the very moment. The new you need to give them new things, and and with and because that's what we do. We we create and and imagine at Challenge Island. It's it's actually been kind of fun for me. Like take away all the stress. And this is where this is my. Um creating um, and, and filling needs needs that have not yet been filled is like my favorite thing to do as an entrepreneur. So um you know I've had more more than my share of, of opportunity to do that. So I mean, the franchise user sometimes will just say, "How are you coming up with all this stuff?" You know, where are (laughs) all these ideas coming from?
0: That's the question um, I'm wondering over here, because you are coming up with a lot of things, a lot more than most people that I've had on here. It's pretty impressive.
1: so. So, you know, I think also the great thing about being in a franchise is that, and people who really understand your product, like, it's like a dream come true for an entrepreneur, because not only... Yeah, am I trying this? Like I, of course I, I launched the social bubbles in my neighborhood clubhouse just to see if it worked and, and it, it's been great. But um, that you have all these people that intimately understand your business model all over the country. And so this one will say, yeah, you know, I did it in the garage and uh, you know, they didn't have the clubhouse or the clubhouse was too expensive. So we're doing it in the garage and you know, just we're doing it out of the in the park gazebo or whatever it is. The franchisees are tweaking it and fine tuning it, and together, um, you know. And also, I think it helps that our franchisees are that type of person. If you're going to buy Challenge Island, you are not the kind of person who wants a standard operating procedure. And if you order that Big Mac without the pickles, it's going to take 25 minutes. You know, because I can't figure it out. Our franchisees are the ones who are going to make like a pickle tower or something. So um, they they think outside the box anyway, and and they're kind of that type of person. But what it, we're we are where we are right now because of them. Um, and I I just and you know sometimes we'll we have of course a very active Facebook owners page, just private owners page, and at least once a week, someone will post, I'm so grateful for this tribe. Like I could never have done this without all of you because, you know, they say they look at like the solo owner, um, you know, the storefront mom and pop operation next door and it's out of business and they don't have anyone to help them, you know, and we do, Mm -hmm. we have everyone to help us, whether it's someone else literally teaching your classes virtually or just coming up with ideas. You know, and I think that at the end of this, um which I do truly believe it will end soon um but I, I think that the oh my gosh well the vaccine is coming and my brother works for the cdc he's been really active with the research to the point where i knew it was coming before it, you know the franchisees really understood like the scope of it because he was sort of giving me all this information and it was kind of terrifying but he, he really thinks you know may um we're going to be like normal and And that's important to us because that means summer camps will be normal. And I will say the moment they um mentioned the vaccine, you know on the news, the hopeful the the hopeful vaccine the summer camp uh, directors started saying, "Okay, we're ready to talk to you now because they had kind of been shut down. You know, they had to reimburse everyone's money last summer, and they didn't want to go back into that, but once they saw, okay, you know, we're going to be okay by summer. We're ready to talk to you and let's get summer planned. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I think that yeah, we we hope that things are going to be a little bit better by then. Yeah. But I mean, it, at, at the very least, we know that you're that you mm-hmm. are certainly somebody that is going to be you know prepared with a lot of different ideas and how to keep the franchisees as profitable as possible during. Times like this, and I know yeah. that we kind of traversed across franchise development and marketing there a little bit. Um, but I, but I think that I want to yeah. leave folks with, with, with this question just because I think that, um, you know, looking forward to 2021, I'm sure that there are were things that you wanted to do this year that may have gotten knocked off of the platform a little bit. But is there anything that you guys are really excited about in, in 21 that you wouldn't mind t- touching on? Yes,
1: yeah, so my very, very most exciting moment is going to be when that book comes, you know, comes out and is officially released. It's already really exciting because we're getting the artwork and the edits and things like that. But when the book is launched, I think it's going to be the first time certainly that, um, that this, you know, any, any franchise has had a book. So, and it's not, I'm talking about a children's franchise, right? You know, so basically every, so mythology Island, for example, will have its own book. It's kind of like the magic Treehouse house series. So it will each Island has its own book and the kids get in the book, do the same thing that the kids in the, um, in the class do. And, but there's a whole story. And anyway, that's going to be really exciting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we're also, you know, just continuing to move forward one of the things that that my franchisees look forward to every year is the release of our new camp because we camp for huge huge profit center for us and also um we have amazing camps so last summer we came out with Theme Tank Entrepreneur, which is an amazing camp, and Slime-topia, and, oh, Road Trip USA. I was way ahead of the curve on COVID when I wrote that camp back in January, but anyway, um, so we had come out with all these camps, and everyone was so excited, and then summer didn't go quite as we had planned, so a lot of those camps, you know, didn't even run, Um, but I knew that Of course, we'll run them in 2021, and and some ran them in 2020, but big in 2021, but I also felt that they needed more, like, just to feel normal again. So we released a whole bunch of other, new, you know, our usual other new camps, um, because I want to get them, like, excited about that, and I think, you know, just to see, I feel that because of the virtual, because of um, the social bubbles, because of the book series, Oh, and I forgot to tell you that we've also been, um, we, PBS Kids, we've been running programs for us. They, we do, um, are you up for the challenge, challenge, uh, workshops, virtual ones for the, P- for PBS Kids. So that's helped us a lot with getting our name out. And I, I'm really excited to see where we are at the end of this. We've got 10 new owners. Um, our name will be bigger and our brand will be bigger and better than ever before. So, you know, I, am excited. I feel like we're going to emerge kind of like a chrysalis, you know, like, like a butterfly who knows um, where we're going to be able to fly and what colors our wings are going to be. I don't even know, but I think that I know that we will be emerging um, as a butterfly not as a caterpillar. Certainly not as a um dried up cocoon, which which I think a lot there are franchises out there that will be. Um, because we've we've, you know, real truly embraced this this moment um in time.
0: Absolutely. And I do, and
1: I think also, yeah. Oh sorry, Zach. I
0: was I was going to say. I mean, it, it's certainly a moment in time, and I think that you guys have some really interesting, really interesting initiatives that you guys are going to be bringing about. And I think that it's a positive outlook. And I think it's obviously very helpful that you have some inside information from 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 your brother, who who really uh, knows what's going on. Um, I guess, thankfully. So I mean, maybe maybe you and I will have to discuss more in terms of what in terms of what I can do and what I can't do because you have all the inside info over there.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know about all the inside info, but, um, you know, I, I think that that you do kind of have to look b- beneath the surface and, and not take what you read in social media as face value um, because I, I think that part of being able to cope, I'm not really going to get on this soapbox, but I'm just going to say that I really think that understanding the reality of what we're facing um, In ter- and, and, and in terms of the hopefulness of it, and and of the challenge of it, is absolutely critical. You know, to being able to overcome this beast. So, you know, to really, it may be kind of hard to hear, like, "Oh yeah, this isn't exactly what I wanted to hear," but it is, and and we're just going to be a palm tree, and we're going to get through this storm. So, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, I'm thrilled to talk to you, you know, more. I, I, I'm also more than happy to talk to any other entrepreneur out there who feels, you know, is feeling sort of hopeless. Um, again, one of my favorite things to do is, is to just try to figure out alternate paths. So I'm, you know, people have guided and helped me within the franchise community throughout this crisis
0: mm-hmm. as
1: even when they're in their own crisis and um i think you know whether it's an entrepreneur or a franchisee, or it's important to really you know bring together your tribe right now more than ever
0: yes yes I, I i would certainly agree i think that it's been a very um trying time for a lot of us and i think that you know staying positive in all the ways that we possibly can and continuing to look forward and to you know, ensure that we are all kind of still able to do what we love, I think is what's most important. And I think that you certainly echoed that um, in spades. And so I I, I appreciate, Thank and we you. appreciate obviously being able to, you know, listen to your story and the awesome things that you're doing, um, you know, especially for, for children who are likely um, super bored right now. And for parents who are pulling their hair out, <laughs> looking for ways to keep their children um, busy. So I think that you're doing a, you're doing a service for many, many people, not just the children that you're, uh, that that you're helping, and so we and so we really appreciate you uh coming on the podcast and talking with us for a little bit.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you having it, and I think it's a great podcast
0: oh well thank you very much and very valuable, uh, and hopefully folks certainly. and hopefully folks all of you agree as well and so if you if you are a first time listening to this and you uh had the pleasure of having uh Sharon, sharon being your first uh podcast with us uh, please go ahead and subscribe to modern business without the e uh sharon thank you so much for for coming on once again and we really appreciate it
1: my pleasure thank you so much
0: of course cheers everybody and have a good rest of the week